Let's pray. Lord Jesus, open up our hearts and our minds to hear your word and to understand that the words that we say, the words that we communicate are, they're very important. And you desire for us to communicate the right words and help us this day to understand what it means to reform our tongues. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. To start off, I have a question for you. How many words does the average person communicate through speaking, emails, texting, tweeting? How many words does the average person communicate in a given day? What do you think? 30,000 is average. And so over the course of a year, that's about 11 million words that are communicated. If you live to be almost 90, that means in your lifetime, you will have communicated somewhere around a billion words. That's a lot of words. And some of those words are good. Some of those words are pretty bad. And so today we're going to be talking about how do we reform our tongue as we continue with this series called Always Reforming. And I want to put you to work here this morning. I want to, I'm asking you to take out a Bible in front of you there, unless you have your own with you. Grab one of the Bibles and turn to page 1,883, 1883, to James chapter 3. And I want to take you through this amazing chapter of Scripture, which focuses on this whole topic of communicating and how to do it in a way that's pleasing to God. So 1883, James chapter 3. And I'm going to take it section by section. I want you to think about these words as we go through it. These are God's words to us. And what's he saying to us through these words? And what actions are we going to take in our life to make these words become reality? So verse 1. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. What's that saying? That if your tongue, if your mouth is saying the right things, your whole life is in check. That your words are barometer of your character. Your words basically show to others who we really are. Let's go to verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Anybody here ever worked around horses? Maybe had a horse growing up? My daughter um, had a horse growing up. Now she actually has three horses. And they're big animals. They're huge. But yet you put the bit in the mouth of the horse and the, the reins on it, and you can control the whole horse. My daughter, even when she was just young and very small, this big animal would do whatever she wanted that animal to do with a bit. A small bit, but yet it moved the whole horse. In the same way, our tongue, even though small, has great ability to lead us in one direction or another. Verse 4, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. 
Likewise, a tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. <clears throat> Again, when you think of a ship, this tiny rudder does what? Control the direction of this huge vessel. Reading on. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course, is life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. You think about those terrible fires in California. What starts these fires so often? It could be this little spark. It could be somebody throwing out a cigarette butt into a, a dry area or, or a can that spills over. Starts small, but yet it can be terrible as far as what it can consume. We see this, the terrible things happening in Northern California. You think about wars that have taken place. What causes wars? And ultimately, usually, it begins with a war of words. And so often, somebody wants something they don't have, and they, they may lie, they may say things that cause another person or from an, another leader from another country to, to say things back, and then the words begin to flow back and forth, and ultimately, a, a spark, so to speak, happens. The world's set on blaze. You think about World War II. One man, Adolf Hitler, who had an ideology. He was an amazing communicator, but he used his skills in very evil ways. And what we see happen with him is ultimately he led a whole nation astray who fell for his belief system. And a war began which led to the death of between 60 and 100 million people. It started small and grew large. And so the tongue can cause terrible things to happen if it's not used in the right way. We read on. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now James is being realistic here. No human being can tame the tongue perfectly. No matter how hard we try to always say the right things, what happens? Time and time again we mess up. How many times... Have you said things, and as soon as you said it, you're thinking, I wish I could take those words back. You can speak 30,000 words in a day, or communicate 30,000 words, but it may only take four to really mess things up for yourself and those around you. Every word matters. We ourselves cannot tame the, tame the tongue. So what hope is there? We move on. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh, and water, fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Here um, James is he's admonishing us. He's saying, you know, we're like the stream. And sometimes salt water comes out. And sometimes fresh water comes out. Anybody here ever drank um, seawater by accident? You go swimming and you take in a mouth of seawater? What does that taste like? That's gross. Disgusting. 
And sometimes our words are like that. Or when you're, it's a hot day and you drink some good, cold, fresh water, how does that taste? It tastes really good. And sometimes we have the good things coming out, sometimes the bad things. But what James is saying, for we as Christians, we need to keep working to do better. We need to turn off the salt water spigot inside. And let the fresh water pour out. And how do we make that happen? And the last part of the chapter explains how that takes place. It's going to talk about two kinds of wisdom. Worldly wisdom and godly wisdom or heavenly wisdom. And I want to, before I talk about this section, I want to make something clear. There's knowledge, there's understanding, and there's wisdom. Knowledge is where? In your mind. It's one thing to know something, but that's still not executing the words. It's not enough just to know. Understanding is you believe it. And so it's the second stage. I know it, and now I believe it in my heart. That still doesn't lead to the third part, which is the action. Wisdom is about action. Wisdom is knowing, it's understanding, and it's executing the words. It's carrying out what God calls upon us to do. And so the next section talks about wisdom. And first, we're going to learn about worldly wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder in every evil practice. Our natural human condition is sinful. By nature, we are so often self-centered. By nature, so often we don't get what we want. We, we want more and more things. And so often, the words that come out of our mouths are wrong because what's inside of us is messed up. The sin is inside of us. And what comes out of the mouth, again, is a symptom of what's going on inside of our hearts and our lives. Human wisdom is not the answer. The next part is godly wisdom. But the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What does godly wisdom look like? Here's a fruit of godly wisdom. Peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere. For those that have godly, heavenly wisdom, they become peacemakers. And that's what the world needs. People who make peace. People who bring people together and lead them on the right path. Using our words in such a way to make this world a better place for the glory of God. Using our words in ways that we lead people on the pathway to knowing Jesus Christ. Whether by speaking, social media, no matter whatever words we communicate. To make sure that God's spirit, his word, is directing what is communicated and not our human condition. See, a very important part in this process, this whole series on reforming, is using our minds. I think so often in our society, we shut our brains off. We're so used to being entertained. 
We're so used to things being given to us so easily through the technology we have. God has given us a mind to think. And we're going to be talking about that acronym THINK in a second here, but first I want to share with you two more scripture. First from Matthew 12.34. Jesus speaking, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflowing of the heart, the mouth speaks. Again, we see even Jesus saying, it's from the inside that comes out. The next one is from James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. How many ears do we have? Two. How many mouths? One. Is that a sign you think maybe we should maybe listen twice more than we, we speak? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Just got back from Minnesota. I saw my father, and, and um, I went up there to help him get ready for the winter up there in, in Minnesota. And my dad is a very quiet man. And the words he speaks are very well thought out. I've never heard him lie once. I never heard him swear. And sometimes I wish he'd speak more, but that's just kind of his nature. But one thing I can honestly say about him is I never heard him say bad things about anybody. And I think about his father, my grandfather, who passed away a number of years ago. Extremely quiet man as well. And I still think of the family reunions we have. We have, you know, sometimes 50, 60 people at these reunions, and, and we'd all be talking, and all of a sudden, Grandpa would start speaking in complete silence because everybody's listening. The sage is going to speak. And it's just kind of fun to watch the whole group just listen to Grandpa speak. I want to focus on this word think. And I want to give us five words from the acronym to think. And I want to encourage you to write these words down. So I think they can be very helpful. Pastor Allen did something similar to this, I think, years ago. I'm not sure the exact same words, but as far as the meanings. But T is for true. T is for true. That when you speak, make sure you're speaking the truth. Okay? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We hear all this terminology out there in the media about this fake news going on. I don't care what your political persuasion is, but when I hear the rhetoric going on around us out there, it's pretty nasty. It's nasty. And so often it's not truthful. Speak the truth. We can't affect what other people say, but we can watch what we say. Make sure it's truthful. H is for helpful. Make sure it is helpful. Is it doing something good for the people around us? If it's not helpful, don't say it. The I is for inspiring. To inspire people with what we say. The ultimate teacher is Jesus, and he inspired. Through every word he said, he was raising people up and helping them be the best they can be and, and directing them in the way of salvation. Inspiring. And is for necessary. The words should be necessary. You know, so often we hear conversations, we hear words that just they have no meaning, no purpose. If it's not necessary, guess what? Probably don't say it. So true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and the K is for kind. And the word kind and the word love come together. And it's important to realize that sometimes to speak the kind words, sometimes you have to be very direct. 
Sometimes you have to be strong. Some of the kindest things that people have spoken to me at times were things where I was confronted, where I was basically called on the carpet and saying, John, you made a mistake. The day in their love pulled me aside and directed me in the right path. Sometimes love or kindness is, is tough. Sometimes it's, it's gentle. It's situational, depending on the situation you're in. And so I thought about these words. True, helpful, inspiring, necessary, kind. I'm going to think about Martin Luther as we come upon this 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And I think about the many words he shared and even the writings that are out there that he put out. Are they true? Yeah. Are they helpful? You better believe it. Are they inspiring? Yes. Were they necessary? Definitely. But ultimately, he stood up at a time in history when the right words needed to come out. Were they kind? Even though sometimes they were direct, even forceful, yes, they were kind. Because his goal was to direct people on the right path to Jesus Christ and understand this faith that we have. And all of his teachings, and massive amounts of teachings, were summarized in three simple phrases. Faith alone, grace alone, scripture alone. They were saved by grace through faith. And God has given us his word. And his word is not only the word of salvation, but the word to direct us in this life. And the ultimate example of reforming the tongue of perfection is Jesus. Every word he shares with us is true, is helpful, is inspiring, is necessary, is kind. And the more that his word becomes our word, the more that his word is hearts, and our minds. And the more spirit takes control of us, and that wisdom pours into us and fills us on the inside, what is going to come out are going to be the right words. What's going to be communicated are the right words. And may God grant that we think before we communicate. That we make sure our words are true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, so often the salt water has flowed out of our mouths, but yet you and your love, you bring us forgiveness. You take away our sins. And Lord, I pray as we go forth today that you help us to think before we communicate. Help us to realize that every word matters, that you want us to be peacemakers in this world in which we live. So Lord, help us to think before we communicate. In Jesus' name, amen.